welcome back to the Millennials Ruin Podcast. As always, we have myself, Patrick, Steph, and Anna Hello. with me. Heyo. How's it going, guys? Not too shabby. It's a Friday, so I'm happy. Yes. And a uh, quick disclaimer, uh, we are recording this right in the middle of the uh, Milwaukee Brewers uh, playoff game against the Dodgers in Game 6. So if there is spontaneous shouting, particularly on my part... That is why. And we're currently up 4-1. So, let's go. <laughs> Anyways. What's our topic today, Pat? <laughs> so, today is Millennials Ruin Marriage. Is a big Slash one. engagement. Whoa. Marriage, though. So, alright, guys. I got an opening fact Ooh, yes, uh, thanks. for you. So, compared to... So, compared to other generations, Millennials are getting... Married much less frequently and much later in life than any other generation before. So, to put some numbers to it, so to compare to the uh, silent generation, which was born in early 1900s, their marital rate in our age, so between 21 and 36, was 78%. Uh, current millennials marriage rates are at 37%. Killing it, guys. Wow. We're killing it. Compared to baby boomers, 56% and Gen Xers, 48%. Again, this is marital status during the age between 21 and 36. So now there are a couple things that are, there are a couple of factors that are attributed to that. Uh, um, researchers are finding is first off is that we are by far the most educated generation of any any past generation which makes a lot of sense every generation usually gets more and more educated but more particularly are women um, <laughs> among silent generation women only 9% had completed at least 4 years of college when they were young by comparison Millennial women are four times as likely, 36%, as their silent generation predecessors to have at least a bachelor's degree at the same age. Um, Also, young women today are much more likely to be working compared to silent generation women during their young adult years. In 1965, when silent women were young, a majority, 58%, were not participating in the labor force. 40% 40% were unemployed, um, but among millennials, that pattern has flipped. Today, 71% of young millennial women are employed, while 26% are not in the labor force. So, it's interesting. It's an interesting statistic. So there, It doesn't surprise me. So the other reason is there's also like a cultural shift. So a lot of people have different reasons to not get married um, than before. Um, when asked reasons they have not gotten married, 29% say they are not financially prepared, while 26% say they have not found someone who has the qualities they are looking for. And then an additional 26% say they are too young and not ready to settle down. But to keep things positive, um, among, uh, millennials who are not uh, married, they say sixty-five percent say they do want to get married at some point. That's interesting too. Mm-hmm. It's a weird so, so quick, quick reactions to that. I honestly not shocked. 
Me either. No. Like, none of this was surprising to me yeah. in any way. It doesn't follow my personal opinions at all about how I want my life to go, but I'm not shocked at all from all of the um, information or feedback I've gotten from friends and people that I know, especially uh, not to be generalizing, I... but men tend to, I hear a lot of, uh, well, I don't have to be married until I'm at least 35. Which is a very interesting thing to me. I'm like, so you're going to marry a 25-year-old when you're 35 or a 30-year-old when you're 35? So a lot of, be- that's a lot of guys who are banking on being hedge fund managers by 35. <laughs> that's a bold call. She is going to want to be having them babies by then. It's true. I thought, Not wasting any time. <laughs> I thought the statistics you threw out were interesting, specifically the 29% feel that they're just not financially ready yet. Yeah. That's bizarre. I feel like that is spot on the money. Yeah. And I feel that's one of the reasons that divorce rates among millennials have gone down such dramatically compared to yeah. like a parent's generation, for example. And I think there's, there's less, once you have things more planned out, you don't necessarily jump into things. Mm-hmm. You're more confident in like, yes, right. we, we can handle it. We can handle a surprise kid. Mm-hmm. Or like we can handle a leaky roof on our house, right? Not like oh shit, you know. I don't think I've ever thought about marriage in a financial it's way, intense. other than like a other than like tax incentives, uh, right, I've... or anything like that. I haven't thought about it. I guess like to me, marriage has always been just like love. I find the person I want to lo- be with and love and settle down. I've never really thought about, um, I guess I, maybe it's because I would never feel prepared to pay for like a thousands of dollar wedding until yeah, I are... was like 40. <laughs> so, so this topic is actually very relevant to us you. right now. Me particularly because, uh, news, I just got engaged. Yeah. So. Congratulations. Thanks. We so go- we're going through the whole settling weddings are expensive is mm-hmm. my main point here Hell oh yeah. yeah also open bars don't worry we'll have one but Woo! we're sacrificing just for, you, just for you Steph. i appreciate that i appreciate that. i'm gonna give one a hell of a speech it's <laughs> gonna be great but um so going off that i have an interesting statistic that i thought i'd throw out here uh specifically about millennials finance and marriage um The 2017 Go Banking Rate survey looked at the age breakdown of millennials and their savings and found that those between the ages of 24 or 25 and 34, 61% of them had less than $1,000 in a savings account. Yeah, I've heard that. And 41% of them had no savings at all. Oh, savings, not checking. No, no. This is savings it's all that traveling abroad and i think yeah it's all the like i want to be an instagram star <laughs> just kidding i can't afford a wedding or an apartment uh, no i can't afford food that, that's stuff i feel food. like i feel like you're overestimating the amount of inst- want to be instagram stars i don't know man. i don't know there's a i mean i would love to if i could just you know lay on a beach and make money doing that that'd be great yeah but, you take a yeah. picture of me and would be a killer. I'm also an engineer, so the logical side kicks in there. Yeah, <laughs> right. this doesn't make this doesn't make mathematical sense in my weird brain. Absolutely not. And I'm a huge saver, so I'm completely opposite of yeah. that situation. But I just thought that was a that was a one slightly horrifying statistic. Yes. Like I'm yeah. doing better than 61 percent of 
all people aged 25 to 34. So if anyone else has more than $1,000 in the savings account... You're doing well. Congratulations, you're over 50%. Oh my god. That like oh. makes me want to puke. That upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, like I get anxiety thinking about having that little money in my bank. Well, I think that just goes to show you... Um, like financially how most of America, just America in general. Cause I think that stat isn't exclusive to millennials. That's this pretty... one was 25 to 34. I think it's actually, it genuinely gets more depressing. The like incorporating yeah. more age. So it's not, it's... it's not exclusive to that age. group. No, it's across all of America. So I feel like, you know, it's hard to think like, you know, most of America isn't as financially stable. Most families aren't as financially stable as, I feel like we think we they are. Right. I agree. Yeah. I Absolutely agree. I think there probably is a high quantity. But um, I think that just has to do with, because I'll bet you that takes into account like the amount of debt people owe. Because you got cars, <laughs> school, maybe. Yeah. houses. I mean, 2008. Oh, no, I'm getting forget about I know, loans. 2008 wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was 10 years ago, man. 10, ten <laughs> relatively not long. I mean, people still feel that maybe. effect. Yeah. yeah. I guess. It depends. I Imagine if you were lost... a student during that time. Like, you had just graduated college. If you lost everything, then it's a huge... I would think you'd be still recovering on some level. Right. But anyways, back to marriage. Yeah. So, <laughs> Anna, so Anna, I want to ask you, because this this uh, stats had to do a lot with women. And yes. I mean, it I, made it feel like a, women did a lot of the t- decision making here. Uh, <laughs> um, so what at what point for you is it, when would you think you would know when you're like ready to get married? I think I am, I wouldn't say the exception or anything like that, but. I don't know if I would follow the cliche norm of today, if you want to say that. There's a lot of people out there, even women, which I think they're kind of lying to themselves a little bit, <laughs> but uh, that are like, well, I just want to be young and free and I, you know, I don't really need to commit to anybody or settle. That. No, you don't. I don't know many people at all that don't want to have relationships with people um, or be in stable relationships so for me personally if you had asked my 18 year old self what my life would be ahead of me i wanted to be married by 25 first kid by 27 second kid by 30 now if you ask me because i am 25 (laughs) i'm hoping to be married in a few years and then the first kid by 30 and the second kid by 32 or 33 you know i never really got people I, I, who had that sort of lockdown plan down not to call you out no that's but it's fine. it's like i feel like those sort of things you just can't control plan for, right, right. there's so many things that are outside of your control you don't know how your relationships are going to go in the future you don't know what your health might be like in the future or anything i don't, I don't know for most people it might that seems like the path but that, that you at least should go on. I feel like that's the stereotype, especially for, or to compare to like older generations is like, oh yeah, you get married by, for, I mean, for clearly for older generations, as we stated, like you got married by 25 and you had your ne- your first kid within the next two years. But the, our generation is like, no, we don't really want to do that. We're, tw- we're in our twenties. We don't want to, we're not we financially want- ready and we're not, emotionally ready we want to travel we want to go we do want to stuff. enjoy life yeah. a little i think the one thing that guys don't understand though is women have 
like there's always the phrase, oh, there's a ticking clock. Women literally have a ticking clock, and there's a severe issues after the age of 30 with getting pregnant. It's a okay. lot, lot harder to get pregnant. At 30 gets a little more difficult. 35 so, is more like where it gets so, to be So I've, I've heard about like those stats, and a lot of them are not as like critical as like something so like there's one stat of like oh after 30 your risk of like a birth defect like doubles it doubles from like a half percent to one percent so it's context really given today's medical advances like getting pregnant after 30 isn't as severe as it was 20 years ago but for someone that like me who really wants to do everything and I hope this isn't offensive to anyone or anything like that. But I'm very focused on my future child's health and my health during it and doing everything correctly and doing right. it appropriately. And if you really think about it, even just logically, scientifically, girls can be ready to have kids as young as nine years old. Right. Well, yeah. And, you know, generally That's... a girl might get her first period at like 12, 13, something around yeah. that fifth grade, sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. Um, so if you really think about that broad of a spectrum of like childbearing years, Mm -hmm. the life of any kind of biological or even, you know, take a TV or which is silly because those go out of use so quickly, but like for something that it does its job, it does its job really well for a few years Mm -hmm. and then slowly declines and gets it gets harder and harder to do. The other th- argument that I have with being young, the thing I loved about my parents being young, my parents, my mom was 27 when she had me, so maybe that's where I got yeah. My 18-year-old self got it from. And then my, she was 30 when she had my sister, um, and my parents were both the same age. So they were super active with us, yeah. running around everywhere, like jumping up and down. We were doing all kinds of activities. They would coach everything. They would constantly be in our lives doing all kinds of stuff. And then you'd see sometimes, and this is not not for probably half of the parents out there, but you would get other individuals that had significantly older parents. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't be able to do anything with their kids because they just didn't have the energy to do it anymore. I want to have that energy. Well, let me, let me ask you, though. Were those kids. parents, was that kid like the youngest of a line of different no. kids? No. So, okay. Oh, we had, I had one neighbor... Um, which was kind of a unique story. They uh, had one of the, the dad was much, much older. And the poor kid would come over and play with my dad because his dad couldn't play with him at all. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely an emotional disconnect then between the father and son relationship because the dad really couldn't do anything. He what couldn't be active. Right. Which, I mean, you could take into consideration the whole, okay, what, what was the guy's was health, health patterns yeah. like I and feel, all that I other feel stuff. like that's some specific But if you really situ- think about it, think about how tired we get. And we're only 25. Like, I run around with two-year-old, three-year-old kids, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I can't imagine doing that at 35 or 40. Can I throw out a conversation? Uh, Anna, I think you're just out of shape. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, th- I just ran around and played basketball for two hours, so I feel like I'm you throwing, can... It's different with children. I've thrown out a counter scenario before. This goes any direction we don't want it to. So, I, I absolutely understand that idea of you want to make sure that you're young enough to actually enjoy your kids being a child. Yeah. yeah I get that. The other trade-off, I think, is a lot of parents... 
um, especially if you work in corporate America, you spend the first five to eight years. Your perspective is always with corporate America. Because that's where I work. <laughs> that's where he, yeah. Yeah, that's, because I look at people my age, even myself, you spend the first five to eight years really busting your balls to get into a position that, you know, where you'll make some money and you'll be financially stable. Yeah. To do that, that requires you to work long hours and to travel a lot. Yeah. Most, gu- most guys, girls, whoever it is, don't want to necessarily be like, yeah, I want to get married and then I'm going to be gone for yeah. three weeks out of the month traveling, doing business, trying to get to that point where eventually they get into that corporate position where they're then comfortable to be able to support a kid. They have job right. security. They're not traveling as much. They have people to delegate stuff to. They're more comfortable yeah. in their surroundings. You know, and it's not just like traveling a lot. It's just any, like, intru- like beginning work. beginning career jobs. Like you usually have to, especially if you're trying to advance, right. you have to put in that extra work because you're younger, you have more free time. You don't have responsibilities like kids are away. Right. Yet. So you have you, to prove yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. So like there, I don't want to say there's an expectation, but it it's like there are definitely a large percentage of people where they, you know, they're, they're focused on their careers and they don't want like a significant other or yeah, um, a children to kind of hinder that because not only is it gonna hurt them, but it, it'll hurt their relationship with their kids well, too. I don't. Sorry, I know my um, my dad when I was a child, that was what he was doing, and he spent a big chunk. I remember him spending months at a time over in China. That was like they had a bunch of plants over in China, and he yeah. spent a large chunk of time. So be like, oh, this month you're gonna see your dad. Great, you know. Right. But um, I feel like a lot of people are then going to postpone that until the point where I don't have to go to China anymore. I can send some younger yeah. some younger intern or some younger person, younger employee out to go do that for yeah. me. And then I can come home. I can do the nine to five and come yeah. home and see my kids and have breakfast with them in the morning. I don't have to like. And I think you see that particularly with like women more now. Because like we're saying, with women are more educated and more active in the right. work environment. And you hear a lot of them, and I'll let you like give your perspective. But a lot of you hear a lot of them saying, you know, I want to focus on my career and get to a stable point before I start settling down. Right, absolutely. And that's not just another factor of why the the marriage and family are keep getting pushed off. You right, know, people are like for earlier generations, like that was just the norm. That was just culturally for women. It was oh, you. After high school, like you're, you had a boyfriend or somebody, they went to the military, they got a job and you stayed at home and took care of the kids. But now it's just women are like, don't have to do that anymore. Speaking of that, I have a fact that goes off that. Um, there was a, a 2017 study by The Knot and it was the Real Wedding Survey. Great and website. Okay. I'm just saying we're working with it. <laughs> got it. Right All now. right, good. Uh, it has credibility. Um, and the study focused on looking at millennials and saying that they chose to marry much later, kind of like with the points we've been talking about. But here's some numbers to it. In, tw- in 1965, the average age of a woman to get married was 21, and the average age for a man was 23. That's young. Yeah. In 2017, 28. The, the average age for a woman was 29.2, oh, close. and the average age for a man was 30.9. Wow. Well, that's, that's not as bad. a little bad more than I thought. Wow. Yeah, that's... That was a lot farther of a gap forward than yeah. I thought, you know? That not is... from my experience out in the dating world. Really? At all. No, not at all. It was like, How uh, many... at least for me, when I was dating, it was almost impossible to find a man who was really focused on his family, mm. future family, or like even wanting one or being serious about a relationship. That was Well, super I hard. mean, we're, we're, but 
Granted, that you were date. I assume you were dating like guys that are in the early twenties. No, between twenty-seven. Eight, twenty-seven. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Now they're pushing no. up on that thirty-point I, boundary. Yeah, <laughs> I was dating guy. I gave it five years. They're right in the meat of the bell curve. Uh huh. So it was when you know, like twenty, Wait, twenty-three what's, to twenty-seven. What's the rule? Half your age plus seven. Half your age plus seven. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> No, That's a I horrifying go, I rule. I was older than 27 at that time. That's a horrifying But there was a lot of people that, it surprised me how little they wanted to set up. But, okay, going back to what you were saying before, Pat, uh, with the women in the workplace, I guess I can't really speak to, as much as I had goals, I wanted to be the engineer, I wanted to break into mm-hmm. a man's world, I wanted to prove that women can do it just as well, whatever you want to kind of say. Sorry to interrupt, 5-1 Brewers. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I know now that I've, I mean, I've been in the career world for a couple years, but I know now that I will never get the fulfillment for my job that I would with a family. And that, so that's my, that's, that's why I have point. kind of a skewed view is yeah. that I, my happiness. You think that's more of a personal view family. though? I think it, I think it depends. I can only speak for, I mean, explicitly me, but what I feel like is also a lot of women just playing on that emotional or anyone who's more of an emotionally attached needs to build relationships kind of person. Yeah. Well, I feel Um, like women are more tied to that because just the body chemistry, like tied to that emotional connection. Like there literally is, there literally is like a mental emotional trigger in women's brains to have kids. Right. Because that's that's just a biological incentive to reproduce. That's just nature. Human nature. Yeah. Yeah. Old nature in general. Right. Um... So can I get your, I I thought, I pulled a quote that I thought was interesting and um, I wanted to get your guys' reactions to it. So the quote, the quote was loosely speaking, um, marriage has shifted from a necessary social standing to just another option. So the idea is oh, like, that's it's moving to be like, next up you can get a tax filing for like, it's complicated. You know? Like you can file yeah. that on your IRS. <laughs> oh, God. So like, is it just moving that way? Is it just becoming so much less of like... It seems like... It's it, more commodity than it is actually... Yeah, it's like it used to be like a necessity in life. Right. That's just... It was... Like I was saying earlier, it's just something you did. Like, right. That was a part of life. It was like school, work, Marriage, marriage kids like that was just the formula of American standard stereo lift adult diapers and, and I will say that American family life, I, don't, I have no idea what it's like outside but anyways right yeah that formula is kind of changing where it's like you know most people out there and it's probably like a good thing are saying you know marriage probably isn't for me and you know what that's totally fine yeah if you don't want to get if you feel like you don't want to get married don't get married don't for, I feel like that's something you shouldn't force yourself into. Shit for sure. Because that's mm-hmm. that's what that's, that's an expensive divorce mistake. Rate, that, that's yeah. probably why divorce rates are what they are now. Right. It's only it's down to like oh. if you properly calculate, it's like something like thirty three percent. Right. No, absolutely. Thoughts. Yeah. I I have mixed feelings about it. I guess just because I am a committed person, I've never gotten to a relationship that at least one that lasted longer than a month that I <laughs> did not feel wow. like this could be my person. As soon as I feel the person can't be my person anymore, I stop dating them. Cause that my only goal is to, I'm not one of those people that's like, let's just do it for fun. 
you know. Damn, I wonder what I wonder what that what your views like. I, <laughs> Holy Anna, shit! Anna just right away goes into it like a job interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but Here's resume. <laughs> Hold on, can I see your taxes from the last three years? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Have you asked someone for their taxes? Please tell me you've asked someone for their 1099. No. Sir, I'm going to need to see your W-2 before we go on a second date. <laughs> no, I have not. But I think if you're seriously looking for someone to settle down with, you definitely are going to a date thinking, okay, what is their family like? How do they talk about them? What kind of relationships do they have with their friends? Do they have business goals? Do they have personal goals? Do they have a structure to their life? You know, if you go on a date with a guy that just goes, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of figuring life out and stuff like that. Which, is a, which can be an honest answer. Hey, I know that I kind of eventually want to go this route, but I'm trying to figure out how the hell I want to get there. Yeah. Figuring life out is never a good answer. Yeah. That is the that's the key word for I'm unemployed and I live in my parents' no, that's my cat. That, in other words, it's like I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, I went to college for the wrong major. That's what it's saying. <laughs> which, again, is not necessarily a bad thing because not everybody should be going to college and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, you shouldn't ask people of... in college. Nobody fucking knows what they're doing oh, God. with their life in college. I Change, I change majors and colleges. But I think at least if you have a goal, like for me, I knew I wanted to be an engineer. Um, but for me more, it was family-based. So when I would be on dates and stuff, I always talked about my family. I always talked about, you know, relationships I had with other people, friends, family, whatever. Because that was what was most important to me. But if you don't have something that drives you, then that's an issue. Yeah. And I think that's where maybe even a lot of dating issues come into play is that people don't know to how to have direction. They just yeah. kind of there's a good portion of our generation that is has been coddled and doesn't know how to do anything for themselves. Case in point with the saving $1000 in their savings account. I feel like that's not cuz they're out I, 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 maybe not, but... No, but I think Anna hit it right on the head. But yeah. there's definitely, like, growing, going through college, I got asked on multiple occasions, oh, why have you never studied abroad? And not against anyone who's ever studied abroad, but personally, I did not have the financial stability to do that. If I would, if I well, did not, yeah, that makes, you know, yeah. and I have a good size bank account. I'm not going to talk about it on here, but much higher than what the... 2.7 million. average is. <laughs> No, but I never thought I had a ton of money saved away. Well, but it I is knew... expensive to study abroad, uh, but I feel like not but as many people does dr- it. That well, that's the thing. Not everybody does it. Maybe a lot maybe of half. People. Maybe half. Did you study of... abroad? No. Also, I was in. Also, we were engineers. Like ninety, something like ninety-five percent of engineers don't study abroad. Well, that's because they don't have any credits that transfer over. Yeah, that, as far as I remember, anyways. Well, yeah, there and there's not just not a lot. But of I've programs. never even been out of the country because I just can't afford it. Yeah. I just haven't hit that point in my life where I feel secure enough to be able to do that. So I think that there's a, also a disparaging concept there where our generation is always told all the time, "Well, have fun now, do crazy things now, well, don't what's wrong settle with that? down, don't make out." What's I don't think there's that? anything wrong with that necessarily, but I think you have to be responsible about it. You can't just sell your house, move into a van, and travel the country. You can, but you're going to smell only. Well, you're going to smell. But you're going to attract. Yeah. I guess I should should put flies. This you're going to attract you're, flies. You're going to attract yeah. the people that fit into that category. 
a lot of the time when I when I'm speaking with women who are trying to figure out where their life is. Hold on, can I? I don't want to interrupt, but I'm, I just want to stick with this travel, not this traveling thing specifically, because the people the reason people recommend that is they're not for- first off they're not forcing it on you. They recommend it because you're never ever in your life gonna have the opportunity and freedom to do that. Not true. Again. Not absolutely true. absolutely yeah i do no get, responsibilities no family you have no to, kids no job yet you know like you're not settled down you don't it's, have the money you don't have the money to do it if you do fine if you have ten thousand dollars in the bank and you can spend two thousand traveling abroad fine go for it well there there are ways people can finance it though i think one of the selling points is that when you're in college one of the benefits of traveling abroad is that it really brought it does genuinely broaden your horizons oh, about yeah, what else yeah is absolutely out there. and i think that it's even, just an experience. Right. Like, that in and of itself is going to be like, you could add that onto your college, your student loans and be like, this was worth it for me yeah. because I got X out of it. If you're just going over to Amsterdam to get stoned and drink right. Coors Light or whatever, that doesn't, or Lambic, that doesn't actually add anything. But if you're going over and you're like, I got a bunch, I got stuff yeah. out of this. Well, I, I, worth guess, it. I guess my point is you can't criticize someone for no, going. Not at all. Because not, you're never going to have a better opportunity. On to a do side that. note, 10% of all American college students do study abroad. That's, see, holy, only 10? That seemed, that's. Wow. I guess maybe just like almost everyone I knew studied abroad. Yeah. Almost everyone I knew. I knew two people who studied abroad. I, I, knew, I knew a like few. A dozen. I knew so I knew people many. who did like Almost smaller programs. I, I knew a lot of people for, um, who did like smaller programs. Granted, a small like a two week thing. Oh, I didn't count Even that studying abroad. I know. I didn't count. I don't like. Um, we had friends who did like uh, summer, like not a full right. semester. Right. That's still studying abroad. I think any kind oh, of traveling that. abroad to me is studying abroad. Yeah. Anyway, so well, let's bring this back to our main topic here. I don't want it to dive too call. far. Sure. Traveling is all, all right. another. All right. New fact. Um. <clears throat> you lose the fact or did you forget to read? <laughs> I just forgot to read. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> New fact. Um, so one of the things that we, we've touched on quite a bit is the cultural shift between marriage from generation to generation, specifically millennials to parents' generations to whatever you called it, the silent generation. Yeah, this is generation before boomers. All right, that generation. Um, And one of the things here is that we've touched on it briefly is that millennials generally have a lower rate of divorce. And we've mentioned that maybe because we've waited long enough to really get to know someone, maybe because we are... We tend to be put more emphasis on, all right, let's grow this bank account just in case something happens. It's not going to put a ton of stress on this relationship. Yeah. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting was the I was reading an article um, that looked at millennials and divorce. Mm-hmm. And it said that one of the reasons it's so low, or they contributed one of the reasons it was so low, was because millennials in general are have witnessed a lot of divorce. They've oh, witnessed that's what point. has happened. I mean, they've learned from past generations. Their parents, yeah, they've watched their parents go through divorce and they thought, well shit, I am not going to mimic that. I know what went wrong with them. I know whether it was I mean, money problems do you have, or maybe you don't have a stat, but do you have a stat on like I do have stats. Um good for you. <laughs> on like all the stats. Divorce rates among kids who went through whose parents went through divorce mm-hmm. like did, is there, can we, because we can quantify right. that effect. Right. I don't have specific stats in that, but let me hit you guys with the stats I do have. And we may, I can maybe be a springboard into something else. So right now, 
Um, those who are 50 and older, their divorce rates have doubled since 1990. Ironically, those who choose to get married, millennials who choose to get married specifically, are sticking with it. So U.S. divorce rates have dropped 18% from 2008 to 2016 between millennials. Hmm. Um, this might be due to age. Um, so they ran that same study again, and they factored in age changes, the different variations yeah. of millennials. Because millennials spend from what? What's the age? 18 to 37, I believe, uh, is the general no, range. Right now, it's between born between 1981 and 1996. So it's 21 mm. to 36. Okay. Ish. 21 to 36. That's a pretty wide breadth. Yeah. Um, so if you factor in age, the divorce rate still drops by 8%. From that same period of 2008 yeah. to 2016. Well, that's, I was going to ask them, like, you know, is the divorce rate so low because we're, we haven't all been married long enough? Right. You know? That's, that's right. one of the, that's quanti- the other thing I was, was wondering. That's one of the quantifying but, factors. Because I will say, because this, one of the stats I have is, because it takes into account divorced at this age. Right. So between 21 and 36, millennials are lower than other generations, uh, but only by like 2%. Okay. This was looking at, Overall aggregate divorce rates as they're dropping. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, so baby boomers, actually, if you account for age, mm-hmm. um, baby boomers actually had the highest at 11%. But I believe I know the reason for that. Um, they got married in the, in the 80s. Oh. No, in the 80s, uh, Ronald Reagan passed uh, legislation that made it a lot easier for women to get a divorce. Because before that point... Alimony is a bitch. Both parties had to like agree to the divorce. Um, And let's say you were in an abusive relationship. It was nearly impossible to get out of that marriage. That's interesting. So, and I just thought it was weird that it was Reagan who came up with this. Yeah. um, That led this like legislation. But yeah, it made it easier for those women. to. So that's why divorce rates like kind of skyrocketed in Mm -hmm. mid 80s. Um, But since then, it's like. Plummeted. It's down to like, yeah, now it's down to like 30%. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah. But I think you're right. Like, I've, I always think that millennials or any, the newest generation is always the most self-aware. Right. I we, agree. We, we've seen the mistakes of past generations. Not that we're perfect. No. But we've seen how past generations have done it and we've taken it our own way. Right. So we see... How marriage has gone in past generations and are like, okay, don't, that's clearly not how we should do it. Here's how we're going to do it. Right. I, I know my parents have definitely noticed stuff that my grandparents have done and were, mm-hmm. we're not going to do it that way because we didn't feel that that way was right. And I think as, as you, I think you had on that as the generations compound, a lot of these problems are just going to get hammered out. Yeah. Eventually, what's going to happen is no one's going to get married till 80 and we're going to have 100% marriage rate and no divorces. That's going to end no, up being the thing. And table. nobody's going to have kids. And no one's going to have kids and no one's going to die till like they're 160. But um, yeah, that was a good point. It was an interesting mm-hmm. comment. So let me, let's move on. So let me ask you guys is like, what's your image? So let's get a little perspective on like our generation. What's your ideal image of like what marriage is at least supposed to be like not not so much like what you want it but what you think it's supposed to be like or like how like when you would know you want to get married mm, that's what kind of person you would want to get like what what are your like signs that's interesting of like an ideal marriage i guess for me it's like when you know you know and 
you know when you find a true partner in life. I think that's an important thing. Is that you find someone that's truly compatible with you and that's going to push you to be better and do better. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's... that's a, that sounds really general. Is there like a specific... like? I don't think you can get too specific because everybody has their own unique yeah. tidbits. Like for me, I've always wanted someone who's driven who could keep up and who could push me to be better and do work harder and mm-hmm. do greater things. It's like motivational, inspirational kind of person. Right. That I can look at them and be inspired by them and they can look at me and be inspired by me and we can mm-hmm. run together. You know, that's kind of always the image in my head of us running together. And someone who could be a great parent, obviously, because that family is huge for me. I'm very close with my family. Yeah. So someone who fit in with them was very important to me. And someone who would be an amazing father one day is very important to me, obviously. You want someone who's stable, reliable, loyal. All those cliche things. Yeah. Especially now when we're, again, with the self-awareness, aware of, like, how much better off you are to have, like, a non-single couples, non-single parents. Mm-hmm. I've seen this. I wish I'd looked it up, but I've seen this stat before. But you are monumentally have a better chance of like your kids at least of being better off when your parents stay together. So I feel like th- it, that's just like now there's much more of an effort among people to look for that. Like look I hope that. so. Like I there's really no not so. a lot of spontaneous spontaneousness to it unless you're pete davidson and ariana grande it's <laughs> <laughs> the hundred hundred thousand engagement <laughs> ring always a bad call <laughs> he got it back did anyone else like see that news i i saw that and i was just like oh my god what yeah who would have ever saw that coming <laughs> you're in- telling me the couple that were dating for three weeks and then got engaged broke up what it's crazy, you know what I mean? I think the other important quality is that you can grow together. You need someone that's going to be able to work through things with you and be able to carry you when you're having a rough time and you carry them when they're having a rough time. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's so, so you, important. It sounds like you want your partner to be like your best friend. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think it's silly not to marry your best friend. Yeah. So and to get a little scientific with it, and especially I think now, like the cliche is that as a marriage moves on, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, we lost the spark and everything. And it's like, that's actually a biological thing. I forget what the word is. Um, but over time, like, I don't, first off, humans weren't meant to live this long. And um, there's arguments of whether humans were meant to be monogamous or not there's it's a debate i'm reading a book about it super Uh interesting um it'd be interesting to get an update on later and um books called sapiens fantastic read by the way um anyways but yeah over time just like you would get bored of anything over time like you you get bored of your partner like uh, i think that's also but you, but when you, you're like a good friend, like if you your best friends though, that's different, you know. I think what most people think too is that you know in the beginning of a relationship, everything's so easy and it's exciting. You start dating someone and they like you mm-hmm. and you like them. There's all that initial date. excitement and right people want to keep that up, but 
I think that's you have not, to work at it. You yeah. have to work at doing that. I think you have to consciously plan things into your life that, you know, promotes a connection between yeah. you and your partner, whether it's romantic or sexual or yeah. whatever else it is. Well, it I, could be I, any I, of the things, just something that's really sweet and nice for them to keep that warm, loving, yeah. connected feeling going. I think yeah, it takes I, a lot of work. Well, I would agree that you have to put work, that you definitely have to work at it, oh, yeah. but it's not, you can't force it though. You know, like... I don't know. Sometimes I think if you're going through a funk and you know you love the person and it's your best friend and they're important to you, there's sometimes in anything that you do where you just have to kind of power through it. Yeah. You know? I think there's a difference between powering through it and then just gut-wrenching well, like it's forcing Well, I guess what I'm... Well, my point is, like, forcing something that's not there. Right. Right. And I think you... totally different. You genuinely do know when something isn't there and you know that, like, this is an issue. Versus yeah. like, okay, we just had a big fight. I'll just suck it up and I'll apologize and because I was wrong and yeah. move forward. Or even you know? I think. Or or you have that understanding of like, oh no, we're just having. It's just a fight, but it's not indicative of our entire. We're not right. going to let this thing right. and, ruin our. And I think fight. people genuinely have a pretty good handle on when it becomes we've lost everything or we've just lost something that can be rebuilt. Yeah. I feel like people have a good hand. People genuinely have a pretty solid handle on that. Mm. I think one of the most important times, or maybe even cliche examples, of losing the spark is when you have your first kid. Is when you're super exhausted all the time. You don't yeah. have enough energy for anything else. And I think that's one of those instances where you kind of have to power through. That's what I'm meaning by yeah. powering through. Okay. That's different. Cut, yeah. You know, the yeah. woman's exhausted. Her body's been physically yeah. drained by this. Well, that's you know, just... And I think that's just every, something everyone has to prepare for. Right. Like kids are hard. Right. They're the hardest test you're ever going to have in your life. I think if you and, cut... But if anything, I always... I, I heard... I forget where I heard this. Um, it's like kids kind of amplify whatever your relationship is. If you have a great relationship with your significant other, kids are only are going to amplify that, make that better. If you have, If you don't have a good one, kids are going to make that monumentally worse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's recognized. This is why, like, don't have it. I, and I believe I try to believe that millennials are more aware of this. It's like if you're not ready to have kids, or don't, and you're not trying to force it, don't have kids. Like it, because if you're in a bad relationship, it's just going to make it worse, and then it's just going to be that much more bad for your kids. You know, that's sure. and that's the important thing. Too. It doesn't fix relationships. Yes. I think having the kid is an interesting point because that to me, so personally, the most important thing for me is like financial stability. So I would never jump into anything of I wasn't like, I can cover it. Like we can cover this. Mm-hmm. The math is not there. If the math isn't there, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like that's just to me, that's how things are, are operating. With a kid, I think it's an interesting point because the average cost of a kid is Something like 180,000 from 0 to 17 you're going to spend on average in the US $233,610 on that child that does not include college cars education anything yeah. That's that's just that's keeping like the kid alive. Taking, yeah. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> just being the kid alive. That is like Well that's the, like school food. Right, that is the cost of just activity. living. Anything like you have to pay for for a kid. Right. Then you add, if you want to cover, like, help cover college on that, you're talking damn near a million dollars a kid. Yeah. 
That is an incredible... To me... I mean, granted, I, this is over the course of 18 right, right, years. But if you're not prepped for it and you don't have the right savings account and the right mindset built in right away, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that is the breaking point to a lot of people. Is yeah. the financial the financial breaking point is like money, money, and as bad as it sounds, that is yeah. very much how it operates. Yeah. It's that puts a lot of stress. I mean, if you remove money, that takes off so much stress. Yeah. I mean, financial instability is the number one cause of stress among adults yeah. in the U.S. And I'm sure divorces, arguments, oh, I'm yep. sure, poor relationships, and all that stuff. Abby right. told Abby told me that I wasn't allowed to propose until I had a job, and this was in college. I had a job and like stable income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good call. I mean, that makes sense. Absolutely. Didn't, didn't say any quantities or anything, but you have to have a job. As kind of I was like, side, got it. Yeah. As kind of a side note, just to throw in there. Uh, that's why I wonder if the age is greater too, because people tend to stay in school a lot longer, and the concept is kind of get that out of too. school, get married. Mm-hmm. You have to be out of college before you get married. So and that notion is just so out the window. What now. happens now with mo- well, I don't know with a that. lot of professional people? That I'm taking your idea. What happens with a lot of professional people who then go into graduate work, graduate school? Right. Oh yeah, because that's a huge. Ch- I mean, that's well, an increasingly well, that's the other thing is like our gener- with our generation. It's there's more people than ever going to grad school. Right. So, and that just pushes all this marriage and everything even further. Down. Right. I mean, if you don't get out of grad school by the time you're 28, 29 in some cases, yeah. like... Or look at a friend of mine. Um, a friend of mine is in med school right now for mm-hmm. MD, PhD. Hopefully we can have him on the show sometime. Um, he, that's eight more, on t- that's plus, oh, yeah. after college, that's eight more years of school. He's not going to be done with school until he's near 30 years old. My cousin just finished up his, he, um, he was at Johns Hopkins getting his degree in anesthesiology, and he just finished up his final year of residency. He's 31. Yeah. He hasn't made any money, and he's got like... But it's anesthesiology, he'll be he'll fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> yes, he'll be fine. But he, he got had to get married in... Um, he had to get married in when he was still in school and he had to do all these things while he was still in school because he's like, got to get married, got to do all this, you know, follow like the archetypal yeah. stereotype. But um, yeah, and but he was like, it was stressful for a while because I was making less than minimum wage in med school trying yeah. to like, and in med school, which is not like an easy low, And then you're also trying you know? to pay off med school. Right, right. I just, I couldn't imagine that is the... Stress. Yeah. <laughs> Stress. Yeah, I know. Cassie, if you're listening to this, what are you doing? Our friend Cassie's in med school right now. Cassie, what are you doing? How are you <laughs> surviving? Yeah. No. Shout out. Shout out Shout to out. Anyone, anyone in any graduate yeah, work any, right Anyone now. in graduate school or med school. R.I.P. and congratulations. Congrats, but damn. I can tell you firsthand, lots and lots of work. Garrett's in yeah. practice school and he... He's taking 42 credits and doing clubs and stuff on top of that. Absolutely no time. He makes time for me, though, luckily. <laughs> Absolutely no time and no money. Yeah. It's the no money part. Well, yeah, and that's me. the other thing, too, is school. I mean, the class, the classic thing is all millennials are in student debt and don't have any, like, liquidity to pay for anything. So that so that's why that's just another factor of why they're pushing off right. know, marriage and kids. Like, they're like... We need to get like this debt situation under control like, before yeah, I even I don't want to, add more debt like, with a kid. I can't settle down. I'm trying yeah. to pay off all this money I owe. Right. Right. I shouldn't say I there. Sorry. I yeah. <laughs> money people owe. Yeah. There it is. I owe Disclaimer. That. I was lucky enough to have parents to pay for my school. Oh my God. You have zero debt. 
Do you both have zero dead? I hate you both. We're we're so diverse here. <laughs> we were diverse up until this point. <laughs> but that's honestly though, that's the goal of parents. And hopefully Well, yeah, that's right, the, that's absolutely. the thing. I am internally grateful for my parents and i don't think it just makes your life so much easier while you're in college and while you're in high school you do not realize how big of a benefit it is even if your parents can pay for some of your education Education. you're like oh whatever they're paying for my education i'm a worthless brat the second you graduate and they're like loans come and do and you have to pay car payments and rent and insurance and all this crap you're like life hits you hard and you're like oh my god thank you parents for like helping me out in some way You know, it didn't well, have to be everything. It could just be like, even the small stuff adds up. Yeah. And that just you know? goes to show you how important, like, paying for school is to our generation. It's like, it just makes, it just opens things up and makes things so much easier for you. To have this looming, like, student debt is, affects everything in your life. It affects, like, right. when you want to get married, if when you can, like, pay for stuff, when you can have kids, um, where you can move to, where you can live. Personally, I'm not letting it because it's so many years and I'm not putting my life on pause for my student loans. Right. I don't think you can. I no. think if you, right. if you do, you saying. fall into the trap of, well, now I've been paying it off. Now I can't stop, yeah. you know, and now it's just a mental thing. And I think you can. Well, then you miss out on life. Too. You, you court, you, so I think yeah. it's a it's an appropriate I, balance. Well, that yeah, point. we're at that 100%. age where your decisions can affect like how quickly kind of life takes over. Yeah, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. like that, you know. If you settle down and have you know kids right away, you, you wake up, they're eighteen, and you're fifty. Like, and you're like, oh god, now I have to pay for things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or not pay for things. Or, or yeah, not pay, pay for things. <laughs> right. And realize that they... just got past that. They don't have to pay for any college. Anymore. They helped us out as much as they yeah. could. Right. Which, again, you got to well, be grateful. Because that is... Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Are you kidding? It, any little bit that they can help ends up making a huge yeah. compounding interest. And I feel like the, the whole, like, waiting to your financial... That's not, like, exclusive to our generation. Because no. we had, a, like, you and me in specific, like, our parents, definitely... I, you said, like, your parents waited till they like, nine years years or something they were old they after were, they got married before they had kids okay not nine something like well then i have to do math backwards <laughs> in my head anyway well you don't have to get out the number but like a significant chunk of time where they were like okay yeah we're financially ready to have a kid you know and do they ever want more than you steph i don't they, think they can afford more than me they, no they <laughs> had honest. they had steph dealt with them for like a week and we're like we can't do more yeah my dad was like this guy sucks Sucks. we're done (laughs) that's it (laughs) pain in the ass (laughs) they're like we can't we can't do more than one of these things yeah Um, Yeah. (laughs) this expensive hairballs cost me too much already yeah damn it yeah you saw the medical bills yeah it's like uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh negative yeah absolutely um, all right. I saw you playing with your dad's suits and you're like, oh shit, no, no, this is <laughs> They he put on to... that watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put down my Rolex. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Don't put that in your mouth. <laughs> that was actually the breaking moment where they're like, no more kids. That's it. No more kids. This one's... The second I started chewing on my dad's watches, he was like, we're done. <laughs> He's like, I don't know if I want this one. Absolutely not. <laughs> we'll leave him on the farm on the way home from the oh, hospital. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, Okay, to rein this back in, I do have one more point that I want to make on yeah. this. And, um, we'll wrap it up here. Soon yeah, this is, I just thought this one was an, an interesting thought. Um, 
So we talked about, obviously, millennials are pushing off marriage. We, we've covered that quite a bit. Do you? Th- and one of the reasons we mentioned is business. It pushes people apart. Yeah. People are traveling, all that kind of thing. And one of the reasons is going to be that the technology advancements have made it so much easier for people to stay in relationships when they're like, we got to be on the road for two yeah. weeks, three weeks out of the month. Okay. You know? Where does that... Yeah. Well, Anna, why don't you tell us? Because you're... Yeah, you know, actually, you are the prime target <laughs> for this whole thing. Oh, great. Um, so yes, explain for everyone everybody. who doesn't know, I'm in a long-distance relationship with someone who lives five and a half hours from me. His name's Garrett. Um, and I think if it wasn't for a lot of the tech... I mean, we do the classic talking on the phone and everything... And stuff like that, but it definitely is a huge help to be able to have Skype and even, like, as silly as it sounds, Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Just to be able to see the person you love's yeah. face. It's not silly. That just you know? goes to show you how important, like, social interactions are for humans. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's why it's always been, you know, everybody argues, oh, well, we won't ever, you know, talk face-to-face anybody anymore. And I'm like, no are way. You There's no way. <laughs> it's just another means of doing it. Well, right. for anyone who's like me who constantly needs to be, like, touched and around people. <laughs> that's phrasing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I need interaction uh, with you. No, I'm not sure, Anna. <laughs> Well, for me, in relationships, I need to be hugged and, like, have physical affection put <laughs> Careful, on me. Careful. We are, we're, we are we're dancing a tightrope line here. Notice how well I'm putting this. <laughs> <laughs> Choose words carefully. But my, my love language is uh, physical touch. Um, no. Marf. So, I think that, to Steph's point, it definitely makes relationships a lot easier to be able to have those different yeah. modes of communication and not just... Imagine, imagine living in a world where the only means of long distance communication was written down letters. Oh, I was going to say, this awful. would like never fly in like the seventies. Like this was yeah. none of this crap would ever have been possible. I wonder, it would you know? be, I wonder if, yeah, if I was born then because, or someone who was like me back in that day, could they do a long distance relationship because of their emotional needs? Like I don't feel loved if I don't get to hug the person who loves me. Mm-hmm. I don't feel love then, which yeah. is kind of funny, but that's just how I work. So that would be really interesting to go back and see if, because it, you know, if it was never, if they never knew about it, if it, uh, it was never invented and I had no other idea, do, right. would I be able to do it? I don't yeah. think so. I don't, I don't think so for my personal. I've done long distance crap too. It sucks ass. And no, I would not have been able, I wouldn't have been able to figure out how to dial the operator. So no, I wouldn't have been able to like <laughs> do any of this crap. Right. I am zero. <laughs> I am the least practical human being on the planet. It's me and Jeremy Clarkson. I'm 24 and I know how an operator works. Like, come on. <laughs> Do they have operators? No. I, well, good you, question. They disconnected um, my parents' old... This is so Side sad. point. <laughs> my parents' old rotary phone. Your parents had a rotary phone we still? We have two rotary phones at my house. Do they work? Yes. Well, this was the thing. One day my mom picked one of them up and it didn't... Nothing. There was no sound. On their old well, cellular or provider. Next time I'm hanging out with your parents, I'm 1,000% testing out their rotary phone. Shit, because now that they're back with a different company, the phones are back to work. Do you actually have to dial an operator for that? No, you Damn just... It. It's the classic... You know. Anyways. Then, doesn't that take a while to like dial a number? Yes, it does, but it's really satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> Old shit is more satisfying. Cut that out. 
But on that note, I think that yeah. probably about wraps it up for today. Yep. All right. So yeah, thank you so much for everyone. So we, Steph, we have officially ruined uh, marriages. We Steph, have. What is our fun fact of the day? Approximately forty thousand Americans a year injured by toilets. What? I don't even know. How? How? I'm gonna just assume that it's falling, like falling on somebody. Anyways, watch. <laughs> so be careful around your toilets. Hold on, can uh, we hear the toilet story? Is this appropriate sure. for? No, let's, we'll save it for another day. But uh, how millennials yeah. ruin bathroom equipment? Ruined. That's yeah. gonna be our next there, one. Woo! <laughs> next week on millennials ruin, we have how millennials ruin toilets. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week and say save around your toilets. <laughs> yes.